The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now we want to talk about evictions. With the temporary eviction ban set to be lifted next month, could it result in a fresh wave of homelessness or has the ban been far less effective than previously thought? I'm joined now by the CEO of the Institute of Professional Auctioneers and Valuers, Pat Davitt, and by People Before Profit TD for Dunleary, the party's spokesperson on housing and further education, Richard Boyd Barrett. Uh, Good morning and welcome. Uh, Richard, first of all, it does look as if the uh, eviction ban is going to be lifted on schedule i think that's a disastrous mistake uh, by the government and it is going to lead to thousands more families individuals and worst of all children being evicted into homelessness uh, and that's against a background where we don't have any emergency accommodation for people uh, we have an absolutely dire situation certainly in the air in my area uh, it is beyond catastrophic. Um, we have a huge numbers of families, individuals, people with children who are facing the prospect of homelessness through no fault of their own. Uh, and obviously, you know, the eviction ban is a no-fault eviction ban. It's for people who paid their rent, have done nothing wrong, but where landlords are choosing to sell or uh, that's the primary reason, sometimes substantial refurbishment. And in the current climate, to allow those evictions to go ahead is cruel, <clears throat> excuse me, is cruel and inhumane. Uh, nobody is saying that an eviction ban is the solution to the crisis, uh, but we have to have alternatives for people. I mean, in, in the South Dublin area now, rents are €2,500 uh, a month, and they are totally unaffordable for the vast majority of people who are looking for rental property. So if you are evicted, you are effectively being consigned to homelessness if you're on any kind of average income. Uh, People, obviously, if there was social housing available, that would be another thing, but the social housing lists are 15 to 20 years in our area. And many people, increasingly people are working people whose incomes are slightly over the income threshold are entitled to nothing at all. They're not even entitled to housing assistance payments, not entitled to social housing. None of the government's cost rental has come on stream and isn't likely to come on stream for very on scale at least for a very considerable amount of time. So we we just think as a, a temporary emergency measure, it is imperative imperative that we don't allow further no fault evictions into homelessness. Now, uh, we can talk about what will happen to those vacant houses. You, you, you say some of them will be put on the market, some of them will be refurbed um, substantially in order to command a higher rent, um, but certainly they will be lived in. So what we're doing is we're moving around people who are currently homed, maybe into homelessness, but other people who are looking for a home will move into those homes. It's, it's a very strange situation. Well, I mean, first of all, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, literally, I am staring across the road from my office where there is an apartment block where a vulture fund has been attempting to evict uh, what were originally 20 tenants uh, as long as four years ago. Now, there's been resistance by the tenants and we're campaigning and hopefully we may succeed in getting the council to buy the entire block. Why, why, do they but, want them, why do they want them out, by the way? I mean, what's the, the logic I, I, if they're I, paying I, well, a market rent? Uh, you know, why would a vulture fund uh, who want to make money out of the whole thing, or do they just want to put the thing on the market um, without sitting tenants? Well, indeed, there was two vulture funds. The first vulture fund bought and 
attempted to mass evict everybody. They didn't succeed. And when they didn't succeed, they flipped the property to another vulture fund. And I think their, their consideration was the rents were too low because the rents historically had been reasonable. Uh, and because of the stress and pressure of the threat of eviction, many of the tenants eventually just could take no more and left. Some are still there. But incredibly, now... 16 of those apartments have been sitting empty for two years. So it would appear that it is in the financial interest of the Vulture Fund to let those apartments sit empty, even though they're perfectly refurbished, they could house people. But if they allow enough time to elapse, they can increase the rents and therefore increase the value of the property. They can't do it for two years because of the rent pressure zone, but after two years, they can jack up the rents to whatever they want. And I presume that's what they're up to. Uh, Now, we obviously, and I do want to stress this, I mean, uh, an even better solution in many of the cases where people are threatened with eviction is for the government, and we've been pushing for this, for the government to step in and buy the properties to prevent people being made homeless. But they're not doing that on any kind of scale. Uh, So until the government put in place measures and policies that ensure people don't end up homeless, we feel there's absolutely no... Uh, alternative but to stop the further flow into homelessness and I mean it, it's, it's, it's irrational and illogical as well as being inhumane to, for, the, for the government to allow people to be homeless and then the government have to pick up the pieces in terms of providing emergency accommodation all the now, trauma that uh, is inflicted on the children. The, the uh, Taoiseach referred to uh, a new brand of homeless people, people who are returning from abroad as you know there's lots of jobs available in this economy they come home and they want to uh, reoccupy the the home that they had left before they uh, emigrated to wherever it might be. I mean, they could be a teacher in Dubai uh, who had a property in Dublin or whatever. They come back, um, they want to resume teaching in the Dublin area. Uh, rents, as you point out, are very, very high. And they say, well, I'll move back into my own home. But I can't because someone's in there and there's an eviction ban. What do you say to that uh, argument that people should be entitled to return to their own homes. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I think provision has to be made for people in those circumstances. But the policy, of course, should be that neither of those people should end up homeless. And this is the part that I don't understand. I mean, the government have said, uh, like at the level of rhetoric, that uh, they have a policy of preventing homelessness. But there's absolutely no sign of that whatsoever. Uh, so in, in that situation, to my mind, the government should, of course, facilitate the person to move back into their home if they're homeless, if they have nowhere to live. But they also need to provide alternative accommodation for the family that could yeah. be evicted. But, but Richard, and, every builder in the country is working. There is no slack in the building trade. Um, okay, there are some uh, projects that are stuck in planning or whatever, or developers are not going ahead because they say they can't get the finance. There's all that sort of stuff going on. But the industry itself is going at full pelt. So I'm not sure how we can conjure up uh, the houses, the missing houses, if you like, to uh, facilitate the, the process. Well, I think one of the things we could be doing is not building things we don't really need. And I think there's a lot of labor, uh, construction labor, that is involved in building things we don't need. Uh, uh, I mean, some of the office developments that are happening, enormous office developments at the moment, I really have to wonder about the deployment of those labor resources. Uh, When I consider that I'm aware, even in my own area of office commercial office-based developments that have been sitting empty for 10 and 15 years. Why huge amounts 
of construction labour are engaged in those sorts of developments when they should be building the housing that we actually need to uh, solve the housing crisis. And I think this is the problem, that if you leave if you leave the sort of resolution of the housing crisis to the whims or, uh, you know, the sort of, uh, you know, the profit motive of private developers, you won't get the development you need. We need the state to marshal the construction resources and capacity that we have available to build the stuff that we actually need in order to house people. And I don't believe that's happening. Uh, I mean, the government said the LDA were going to do this, but the LDA is in existence for four years and it hasn't built one new house. Uh, and I think All right, Richard, uh, we, 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 I think you've made uh, your points in a very uh, telling way. Um, so let's hear from Pat Davitt, CEO of the Institute of Professional Auctioneers and Valuers. Uh, Pat, it appears you would be glad to see the back of the eviction ban. Uh, good morning, Pat. Good morning, Richard. Yeah, it's not so much being glad to see the back of it. It never should have happened in the first place because it's interfering in the marketplace in a way that the market is supposed to work. That's, that's what it has done. And we were told by the government at the time, and indeed by Richard and many other people, that this five months would be a fantastic opportunity for the government to make more housing available and that it would give time for that to happen. We said it would, it would end up with a lot of people, a lot more evictions taking place, and they only mounting up. And that's what has exactly happened. The homelessness figures have not improved. So what has happened? Uh, nothing really. And now we want to look at a further extension of it for when that would end, another mountain of evictions would happen. Evictions, unfortunately, for many, many people, uh, including landlords and tenants, it's not a nice thing like, you know, that you have to evict somebody for a property. But at the end of the day, a property owner is entitled to get the property back when it's the thing that they need it for themselves or they need it for their family or they need to refurbish the apartment or whatever else the case may be. And it's, it's fine, Richard, talking about you know, apartments out beside them that are living there or they're sitting there for two years. That is within the, <clears throat> for that to happen, if that's the scenario, I, I'm, I'm not sure what he's, what, what's actually development he's speaking about. Mm. But if what he's saying is correct, there are, or there is in the law at the moment, there is a situation where you have to leave something out of the market for two years. If you do, then you can put the property rent up to market rent. Now that in itself is absolutely ridiculous because the reason a lot of these landlords are leaving, as everybody knows, is because they're the rents at the bottom of the market, and Richard has even alluded to that there himself. Those landlords need help. And we had said in the beginning when this eviction ban came the way that those landlords on a one-to-one basis should be helped to bring the market rent up to date. And it doesn't have to affect the rent of the property. What the government could do is they could give the difference of the rent, which the landlord isn't getting, as a, as a tax incentive to the landlord, uh, so that at the end of the particular year or the end of the next year, whatever the case may be, that they would get a tax allowance on that extra amount of rent. And it would help to keep a lot of those tenants in situ. And obviously, that's yeah. what we need to do. I mean, we the Revenue Commissioners would say that's, that, that's probably going to be pretty uh, difficult to manage uh, because we were talking about them during the week and how different rates of VAT for hospitality might be uh, difficult for them uh, to manage. Um, so they, don't, they like straightforward systems in truth. But the, the question yeah, is, I'm how sure many units do you believe, Pat, are out there which are uh, you know, being held unoccupied in ASPIC for two years and they will return to the market in two years at market rates. How many properties? Do you have any idea? I have no idea. And like, it's fine for the revenue to say that, but the revenue are running a system at the moment for landlords who want to give properties to uh, Ukrainian 
uh, people that they give them 800 euros straight up rent and no tax, uh, uh, no tax on it. So like they can easily give a voucher to a landlord at the end of a term of a year for the difference in the rent that they're not getting from the market rent right down to the rent that they're getting presently. Yeah. Uh, uh, that can w- easily w- be done. The, I don't know how many, yeah. I don't know many units w- One of the about. ideas of market rent, you know, it seems that if you rent a two-bedroom hovel in bad condition, uh, you'll get the same rent as, as someone who's looked after the property very well and, and rents it out. Uh, the market sometimes is very distorted. And I often wonder why there isn't more rent control. In other words... Um, Per square meter in a particular zone, you can charge a maximum, a ceiling of X. Uh, and, you know, in a different zone per square meter, you can charge a maximum of Y. And that all of these things would be subject to inspection. Uh, therefore, you know, the rent could be reduced if the property was uh, deemed to be in bad condition and so on and so forth. I know that would be tedious, but you'd only have to do it really um, once as a whole process, uh, as we did with property tax. You know, you do it once and then the revenue flows. But that, that's a great idea. Like, we call for, uh, IPAP have called for a certificate of fitness for an apartment before it's put on, on the market to rent. So that somebody, the landlord, would have to get a certificate of fitness for that apartment that it's up to building standards and fire standards, etc. So if that property goes in the market, that we know that it's rentable and that everything is up to date exactly as you say. So, like, there are lots of ways to do this, and that's a very good idea from the rental point of view to make sure, because market rent is tedious in lots of ways, and lots of people exaggerate it. I, I've no doubt about that whatsoever. But at the end of the day, like, if you have a landlord who's earning, for instance, a thousand euros for an apartment, and the apartment beside him is the same condition that it's making two thousand euros, it's very, very unfair. And we've been asking the government to sort out this for quite a long time. If they did that, if, if they did and did something towards that, like instead of demonising landlords and even talking now with Richard extending the ban, like there are people taking properties out there that we need to get back into the marketplace. But you're not going to encourage people to get them back into the marketplace if you tell them you're going to rent your property. There's an eviction ban. We don't know when you'll get it back. Like that's not, we need encouragement for landlords and to keep them in the market and to get them into the market. That's really where we need to be. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, my thanks uh, to you both for joining us. Pat Davitt, CEO of the Institute of Professional Auctioneers and Valuers. And before that, Richard Boyd Barrett, People Before Profit TD for Dunleary, the party spokesperson on housing and further education. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.